Mr. President. Senator from Pennsylvania. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, as I rise today to discuss this impeachment trial, I'm reminded of an inscription above the front door of the finance building in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania from the 1930s. Here is the inscription, quote, all public service is a trust given in faith and accepted in honor. I believe that President Trump and every public official in America must earn that trust every day. That sacred trust is given to us, as the inscription says, in faith by virtue of our election. The question for the president and every public official is this. Will we accept this trust by our honorable conduct? The trust set forth in the inscription is an echo of Alexander Hamilton's words in Federalist Number 65, where Hamilton articulated the standard for impeachment as, quote, offenses which proceed from the misconduct of public men, or in other words, from the abuse or violation of some public trust, unquote. Over the past two weeks, I've listened carefully to the arguments put forward by the President's defense lawyers and the House managers. In light of the substantial record put forth by the managers in this case, I've determined that the managers have not only met, but exceeded their burden of proof. President Trump violated his duty as a public servant by corruptly abusing the, his power to solicit foreign interference in the 2020 election and by repeatedly obstructing Congress's constitutionally based investigation into his conduct. President Trump's clearly established pattern of conduct indicates that he will continue to be, quote, a threat to national security and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office, unquote. For these reasons, I will vote guilty on both Article I and Article II. This impeachment was triggered by the President's conduct. We're here because the President abused his power, the awesome power of his office, to demand that an ally investigate a political opponent, proving his contempt for the Constitution and his duties as a public official. The House managers provided substantial evidence of wrongdoing. First, as to Article I regarding abuse of power, many of the facts here are undisputed. For example, there is no dispute that the President has said when referring to the Constitution itself, quote, Article I or Article II allows me to do whatever I want, unquote. So said the President of the United States of America. Then he withheld congressionally authorized military assistance to Ukraine in a White House meeting that Ukrainian President Zelensky, a meeting with President Zelensky, and continued that military assistance and conditioned that military assistance, I should say, and the meeting on Ukraine publicly announcing investigations into Vice President Biden and his son, as well as a debunked conspiracy theory about the 2016 election interference. The memorandum of the 20, 
of the, the July 25th phone call in which President Trump asked President Zelensky, quote, to do us a favor, though, after Zelensky brought up in the conversation military assistance, that evidence is compelling, evidence of wrongdoing. The President reiterated on the White House lawn on October 3rd that Ukraine should, quote, start a major investigation into the Bidens, unquote, before adding that China should also, quote, start an investigation into the Bidens, unquote. President Trump's own politically appointed ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, explicitly testified that the meeting and the assistance were conditioned on announcing, announcing the investigations. The president's defense lawyers first ins insisted on this floor that he, quote, did absolutely nothing wrong, unquote. But later, after even Republican senators would not make that claim, the new justification for his misconduct was, quote, corruption and, quote, burden sharing, unquote. If the president was so concerned about corruption in Ukraine, why did he dismiss one of our best corruption-fighting diplomats, Marie Yovanovitch? The Department of Defense in May also certified, certified that Ukraine had taken, quote, substantial actions, unquote, to dec decrease corruption. If there were legitimate foreign policy concerns about corruption, the president would not have released aid to Ukraine without delay in 2017 and in 2018, only to delay it in 2019 after Joe Biden announced his run for president. If there were legitimate foreign policy concerns, the president would not have been interested in pursuing investigations based on, as Dr. Fiona Hill testified, a, quote, fictional narrative that is being perpetrated and propagated by the Russian security services, unquote, to raise doubts about Russia's own culpability in the 2016 election interference and to harm the relationship between the United States and Ukraine. Furthermore, as the president's defense team would have us believe that, that he legitimately asserted executive privilege over the House's well-founded impeachment inquiry, despite the fact that he never actually asserted a privilege over a single document or witness. Rather, he issued a blanket directive in which he refused to cooperate entirely with the House investigation. This action not only obstructed the House's constitutional responsibility of oversight, it also sought to cover up the President's corrupt abuse of power. At the time of the drafting of the Constitution, the framers' understanding of, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors, unquote, was informed by centuries of English legal precedent. This understanding was reflected in the language of Federalist Number 65 that I referred to earlier regarding, quote, an abuse or violation of some public trust, unquote. Based on this history, both chambers of Congress have consistently interpreted, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors, unquote, broadly to mean, quote, serious violations of the public trust, unquote. The president's defense lawyers 
argued that impeachment requires the violation of a criminal statute to be constitutionally valid. This argument is offensive, dangerous, and not supported by historical precedent, credible scholarship, or common sense about the sacred notion of the public trust. When applying the impeachment standard of a, quote, abuse or violation of some public trust, it is clear that President Trump's conduct exceeded that standard. Any effort to corrupt our next election must be met with swift accountability as provided for in the impeachment clause in the Constitution. There is no other remedy to constrain a president who has acted time and again to advance his personal interests over those of the nation. Furthermore, as, as demonstrated through Special Counsel Mueller's report regarding Russian interference in the 2016 election and the substantial evidence presented in this impeachment trial and the House proceedings, President Trump has engaged in an ongoing has engaged in ongoing efforts to solicit foreign interference in our elections. As the Washington Post reported on September the 21st, in a story written by three reporters who have covered the president for several years, the president's conduct on the Ukraine phone call revealed a quote, and I'm quoting the Washington Post, a quote, president convinced of his own invincibility apparently willing and even eager to wield the vast powers of the United States to taint a political foe and confident that no one could hold him back, unquote. This president will abuse his power again. Now, at the outset of this trial and throughout the proceedings, Senate Democrats and 75% of the American people have repeatedly called for relevant witnesses and relevant documents to be subpoenaed to ensure a full and fair trial for all parties. For example, we saw a testimony from former National Security Advisor John Bolton, whose unpublished manuscript indicates that the President explicitly told Bolton that he wanted to continue the delay in military assistance to Ukraine until it announced the political investigations he was seeking. 51 Senate Republicans refused to examine this or other relevant evidence, thereby rigging this trial to the benefit of the President. Fair trials have witnesses and documents. Cover-ups have neither. This is the third presidential impeachment trial in our country's history, and it's the only one the only one to be conducted without calling a single witness. In fact, every completed impeachment trial in history has included new witnesses that were not even interviewed in the House of Representatives. Senate Republicans slammed the door shut on relevant testimony contrary to the national interest. Mr. President, our founders had the foresight to ensure that the power of the President was not unlimited and that Congress could, if necessary, hold the executive accountable for abuses of power through the impeachment process. This trial is, is not simply about grave presidential abuse of power. It's about our democracy 
the sanctity of our elections, and the very values that the founders agreed should guide our nation. I go back to the beginning in that inscription. Quote, all public service is a trust given in faith and accepted in honor. President Trump dishonored that public trust and thereby abused his power for personal political gain. In order to, to prevent continuing interference in our upcoming election and blatant obstruction of Congress, I will vote guilty on both articles. Mr. President, I would yield the floor.